Tonight, right now, you could be doing a number of things. I want you to think about that tonight. Uh, at this time, right now, you could be doing any number of things. Right now, you could be meal prepping for the week. You could be finishing the yard. You could be picking out clothes for tomorrow. You could be washing the dog or washing your hair or washing the dishes or washing your clothes. You could be washing the car right now. Right now, you could be training your cat. Not really, you can't train a cat. You could be playing spades. You could be playing Candy Crush. You could be playing pickleball right now. It's kind of hot for that. You could be doing that. Right now, you could be watching Lifetime. You could be watching 48 Hours. You could be watching 60 Minutes. You could be watching Minute to Win It. Right now, you could be waking up from your nap. Some of you just did that. Right now, you could be getting ready for bed. Right now, right now, you could actually be sound asleep. Right now, you could be talking to your neighbors. You could be talking on the phone. Right now, you could be talking to yourself. Right now, at this time, you could be out for a jog. You could be out for a run, or you could be out for ice cream. Right now, you could be doing your homework. You could be doing your taxes. You'd be a little bit late. You could be doing your shopping, either in the store or you could be doing that online right now. You could be on Facebook. You could be on Twitter. You could be on Instagram. Right now, you could snap somebody. I'd like to do that. That has a different meaning. Right now, you could polish your silver. You could polish your nails. You could polish off the last piece of pie. You could be doing any number of things. Listen, right now, you could be doing any number of things. But I want to tell you this evening, what we are about to do is actually the best thing that you can do. It is the best use of your time. It's going to pay the best return on your investment. What we're about to do in this short time is the best thing that you can do. And that is to study the, the Word of God. And so let me say this. On this Sunday night, good job, good job coming as we're going to study the Word of God. We're in Proverbs, the 27th chapter. We're moving right along. We left off last week in verse 13. We're going to pick up tonight in verse 14. So Proverbs chapter 27 tonight, picking back up in the 14th verse. All right, here we go. Proverbs 27 verse 14. It says this, He who blesses his friend with a loud voice early in the morning it will be reckoned a curse to him. And that's kind of a weird thing. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be reckoned a curse to him. Now, again, that's kind of a strange proverb. Understand, this is a person who publicly praises you. And so for whatever the issue is, they show up, and I don't know if you just got to work or you just got to the market, or you're out in front of your house, but they show up and they loudly, publicly praise you. Now, they do it to be seen. That's what it's about. They get up, they go, it is loud. Uh, it is for others to see, it's for others to hear. And so here they come and they make a big deal about praising you. They are proud to brag on you. Here's the reason for what it does for them. And that's the meaning to the proverb. There is a selfish motivation involved in that. They are self-serving and they are self-seeking in their motivation. So it's not about you 
Really, it's about making a big fanfare, and it's about others seeing them. Now, here's the deal. If you want to brag on somebody, go to them and brag on them. You want to tell somebody, good job? You want to speak highly of somebody? Go to them. Tell them, tell them what you think. Speak highly of them. But this is a false motivation, doing it so that others will see you. I was thinking about that. Isn't that crazy how that matches our world today? Today we have a narcissistic world, and, and people brag on others in order to tie their success to them. And I think that's a weird thing. They'll say, congratulations to Tom Brady on winning the Super Bowl. They've never met Tom Brady. They're not going to see Tom Brady. But somebody somewhere goes, oh, they must be somehow tied to Tom Brady. We brag on others in order to tie ourselves to their success. The main reason we brag on others to be seen. It's not about them. It's about us bragging on them. It says for, for that person, it will be a curse. It will be a curse. Now, there's a couple of things to that. I, I, I was thinking about, well, what does it mean to be a curse? Well, the first thing is this. Do not tie me to you. And I think that's what sometimes if I can brag on you, I tie myself to you. But you know what? People know your faults. People know this is the pattern of your life. So I want to be separate from that. But then the second thing is this, everyone can see what you're doing. Nobody believes what you're doing. Everybody can see through what you're doing. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be reckoned a curse to him. The warning is to understand that person, to see their motivation. Verse 15, a constant dripping on a day of steady rain, and a contentious woman are alike. A constant dripping on a day of steady rain, and a contentious woman are alike. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 16 tied to it. He who would restrain her restrains the wind, and grasps oil with his right hand. He who would restrain her restrains the wind, and grasps oil with his right hand. Hand. Now, this is interesting. This contentious woman, she shows up several times in the Proverbs. Now, understand, it's not a, a woman that becomes upset, or it's not a woman with an issue to take care of. Uh, in the context that we find her, in the Hebrew original language, this is, as the pattern of her life, a pot-stirring woman, a contentious woman, a divisive woman, an unhappy woman problem-causing woman. And so that's who she is. It's not a woman that has an issue or a problem has come up and she's upset about it. This is a lady, a woman, who is divisive in her dealings. She is problem-causing in her dealings. She is contentious wherever she goes. Now, I do not know why it's not a man. I know there are men that, that meet that same criteria. But here it's talking about a woman. Her pattern is she sows discord. Now you watch folks, there's people like that, you probably know some, and the pattern of dealing with them, there's gonna be trouble. The, the, the pattern of dealing with them, they're gonna divide people up into groups, they're gonna cause issues, and they sow discord. Now I want you to see here, it is constant like the dripping of rain. I was thinking about that this afternoon. I don't know, I hadn't, I hadn't done this in a long time, but you ever go camping as a kid, 
and you're in the tent, and they say when it starts to rain, don't touch the tent, it'll start dripping. I don't know why that happens. I, hopefully they have better tents than that now. But I remember being a kid, and they'd say, don't touch the tent, it'll start dripping. Well, about a third grader, what's he do? I go, touch the tent, and it starts dripping right there. And it drips, and it drips, and it drips, and it drips, and now it's 2 in the morning, and it drips, and it starts to make a mess. It starts to be inconvenient. That is the, the picture here. It is aggravating. It is constant. It is who she is. Verse 16 says, he who restrains her restrains the wind. Now, I want you to think about that. If I were to tell you earlier this afternoon, here's what I want you to do. I, I have one thing for you to do. We got, we got one thing to do this afternoon. I want you to go outside, and I want you to stop the wind. And that's all. Do you have one thing to do? You can come back in. You can do what you want the rest of the afternoon. Go outside and hold up the wind. Go outside and slow it down just for a second. Stop the wind. Slow it down. You can use a parachute. You can build a wind break. Uh, you can get a wind turbine. You want a wind turbine? Get one of those. You can get all the help. We can all join you in the effort. But the call is this. Go outside and stop the wind. Here's the truth. Can't do it. You cannot do it. Well, listen, here's the picture. This contentious woman is that same kind of force. And just like going outside and stopping the wind, you'll have that same much luck restraining her. Now, I think sometimes when we deal with these people, we think, I'm going to get through to them. I'm going to make headway. They're going to listen to me. We're going to have a happy ending. Well, it says here, be warned, it's just like stopping the wind. That is the warning. Here's what we're supposed to get from that. Don't be naive in that. Do not be found overlooking that. Well, it's not that big of a deal. Don't be found hoping that it won't happen. Well, it's happened the last nine times, but I, I think there's going to be a good ending this time. Here's what it says. If that's what they do, that's what they're going to do. If that's what you've seen, that is what you should expect. It says, and grasp oil with his right hand. Now, I thought it was interesting. In Hebrew, that is a hard set of words to discern, and it's a hard order to put them into. And there's actually some debate as to what this last phrase means. Uh, I think there's two that, that could be either one of those. There's about four or five things that are offered. Uh, one of the, the ideas uh, as to the meaning says, just like you can't reach into a pot of oil and grab some of it in the same way. You can't stop the wind. You can't grab some oil. When you grab some of that oil, it's going to run through your fingers. You're not able to grasp it. And so just like you can't stop the wind, you can't do this. And so that's one of the understandings. Another idea says, more, most likely, more likely, it was an oil of perfume. And so this, this man takes the perfume in his hand, and it smells good, and, and it seems wonderful, and it seems pleasant. It's appealing, but it's still just trouble. And so, so you know what, it's it, trying to restrain this contentious woman. It, you may patch it up, you may dress it up, and it seems like it's good, but it's still trouble. I have learned from raising teenage kids 
You ever tell kids, maybe you don't tell them that, but maybe you do, you say, man, y'all stink. You ever done that? Your parents do that to you? Man, these kids stink. And you come in, you've been out doing something. And so I remember being 14 or 15, and you know what? I got something to do, and I got places to go. And so you come in, and everybody's like, man, you stink. So you go in there, and you get some aftershave, and you go, shh, shh. Back in my day, it was aqua velva. You get some aqua velva, you put it on, and now you stink with aqua velva. It's even worse. That's the picture here. You've dressed it up. We dressed her up, but it's still going to be trouble. She's still a contentious woman. All right, let's move on. He who will restrain her restrains the wind and grasps oil with his right hand. Verse 17, moving on. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Now, verse 17 is a, is a profound picture, and, and there's a lot of folks that have, have tried to add a lot of things onto that, but the simple truth of verse 17 is this. People make us better. People make us better. Now, we might be tempted to say, I don't like people. I don't need people. I've been hurt by people. I don't have time for people. Have you met people? They're all crazy. But the truth is this. People make us better. Now, the picture here, there is iron and you take the two pieces of iron and, and striking them together or grinding them, rubbing them together, makes both of the pieces sharper, makes an edge on both, makes them both, both more useful. Well, here's the truth. When you deal with people, talking with people, uh, thinking, discussing, even disagreeing with people, plotting, resolving, dealing with people makes us Sharper, And so here's the, the deal of verse 17. People make us better. People are needed. We need people. Something I, I notice over and over and over again, and I see it all the time, and I, I tell people this. Ultimately, think about this. All businesses are ultimately all about people. You know what? The church is about people. You know what? Selling insurance, it's about people. You got rent houses, it's about people. You got a bakery, it is about people. Really, it's all about talking to people, building relationships with people, communicating, persuading people. If you're a baker, you can be the best baker, but if nobody likes you and nobody knows you, you're not gonna do very well. If you're a mechanic and you go and you're foul and you're rude and you're, and you're mean to everybody, you're not gonna have a very good business. If you're selling insurance, it doesn't matter. Really, it's all about people. Here's the deal. We need people. We are better in the dealing with people. People make us better. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. All right, moving to verse 18. He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who cares for his master will be honored. He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. And he who cares for his master will be honored. Now see the picture. Starts off, it's very easy to see, very easy to understand. There is a fig tree. And this person possesses, has that fig tree. And they keep the weeds cut away from that fig tree. 
They water that fig tree. They fertilize that fig tree. Whatever they need to do, if they need to prune it, they tend to that fig tree. And as they care for the tree, as they put an effort into the tree, the tree bears fruit. And it pays off for them. It's a profitable thing to care for the tree. Well, that's the example. That's the picture. In the same way is he who cares for his master. Now, now see this, this. This isn't that hard, but I think sometimes we rail against this. In the same way is, is the person who cares for his master. This is another proverb telling us how to deal with people. This is how we deal with people. Now, listen to this. If there is a job and you have a job and you have a boss at that job, here's the truth. If you will serve that boss, if you will go the extra mile in your job, if you'll not be an issue for the boss, if you'll not be a problem for the boss, if you're on time, and even more than that, you're early, and you're not trying to slip off, but you stay late, if you go above and beyond the job description, here's the deal, and I promise you this, it will pay off for you. And if you have a boss and you get there early, and you're a blessing to them, and you're not a problem to them, and every time they need two or th something, you got four of those things, every time they say, I didn't think about that, you've already thought of that and taken care of that, it will pay off for you. Now, some of you may say, well, I'm the boss. I have no boss. Well, your boss is the market. Your boss is the customer. And in the same way, if you will take care of them, if you will serve them, if you'll go the extra mile and you'll deliver great service and you'll deliver a great product, great merchandise, better than they expect, it will bear fruit for you. That's what the Bible tells us. We live in an age, and I, I don't know if it's just pride or if it's just poor upbringing, or I don't know what it is. It may just be sin. We live in a, an age where people resent the boss and they resent the customer. Have you noticed that? When, you, when we deal with people now, my, I'm, I'm mad about my boss and I'm talking about my boss and I'm dragging around and I'm hiding from the boss and I'm not going to go an extra mile or you know what, I'm mad about the customer and I'm upset that they're here and they're a nuisance to me and I've got a chip on my shoulder and I'm entitled and somebody owes me something and people do the least that they can do. For some reason, we have a, a resentment, an issue with the boss or the customer. I was in, I won't stay in the store, but it was Academy in Wichita Falls. <laughs> I was in Academy in Wichita Falls. It was about a month ago. And I needed a certain thing. Now, here's the thing. When I go in somewhere, I want to get something. I want to get back out. We needed a certain thing. And so we go to the certain department where they sell the certain thing. This is the department where they have these things. And we can't find this thing. And so we're looking for the thing. And there's this guy over there, and he works there. And he's got the vest on. He's got this big old thing. He can shoot the price. And he's standing there, and he sees us looking for the thing. And he's right behind us. And he sees us looking for the thing. And we're looking for the thing. And, and he sees it. And about the time, hey, we start to get a little bit close to him, somebody else walks up and starts talking to him. And so we're looking for the thing. And he's talking to them. And he, he's, he's talking slow and moving slow. And we're looking for the thing. And he's, he sees us looking for the thing. And the person gets whatever they need. And they leave. 
And I look over at the guy. He sees we need something, and he says this, going on break. <laughs> and he walked off down the aisle. That's actually what he said, going on break. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'd fire that guy in a second. If I was his boss, I'd fire that guy. I won't buy anything in the academy. I don't need anything here that much. And I'd like to go to that guy and I'd like to tell him, I bet your family's a mess and I bet your home's a mess and I bet your kids are starving and you're going on break. That's what he said. I'm not mad at them. <laughs> Listen to me. If you want to succeed, don't just take care of your business more than take care of your business. Go the extra mile. Make people happy. The Bible tells us there is a blessing in that. He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit, and he who cares for his master will be honored. Verse 19. As in water, face reflects face. That's a good translation. As in water, face reflects face. So the heart of man reflects man. It's one for one. Face reflects face. Man reflects man. Now I want you to see the picture here in verse 19. There is a puddle of water. There is a lake. We might say there is a mirror. And when you look into that, you see yourself. The true self is reflected, and that's how it works. You look into this thing that's reflecting. It may be a, a, a puddle of water. It may be a mirror. But your true self is reflected. Now, it would be weird to look into a mirror and see somebody else. If I look in the mirror and think, that's, that's not who I am, but that's not how it works. What you're seeing is the image of and the reflection of the real thing. Now, it doesn't mean we like it. I look at the mirror now and go, wow, where did all this gray hair come from? Must be the water. Must be the mirror. It is the reflection of the real thing. In the same ways, here's what the verse is telling us, a person's heart shows up in the reality of the person. Just like what is in the mirror is the reality of what's looking into the mirror, a person's heart shows us the reality of the person. You can be fraudulent. That's what it's telling us, warning us against. You can dress it up. You can try and hide it. You might pull it off for a while. But what is the reality of the person is the reality of the heart. And you can flip that around. What is the reality of the heart is going to be the reality of the person. And let me give you an example. If a person is generous and they are kind and they are loving and they are giving and they are honest and they have integrity and that is their heart, it's going to show up in their life. And if you follow them around, now listen, it may not be that way in every instance. We, we mess up. But when you follow that person around, it's going to show up in their words. Hey, they're kind. They're gracious. They have integrity. It's going to show up in their actions. Hey, what they do matches up. It's going to show up in their relationships. It's going to show up in their dealings. If that is who the person is, it's going to show up in the life of the person. If that's consistency, consistently what their life looks like, you can know, hey, that's what their heart looks like. Now, let me give you the flip of that. If a person in their heart is dishonest or disloyal or self-serving, 
or does not have integrity, or if they're not kind, or if they're not generous, it will also show up in their lives. It'll show up in their words. It'll show up in their actions, the things that they do. Their heart, it doesn't possess those things. It's going to show up in their relationships. It'll show up in their lives. One of the funny things that I've watched, you ever watch a not generous person try and act generous? You ever, you ever watch that? And it's usually because there's peer pressure or, or, or other people are watching and they just got stuck. They're not generous, but everybody's at the table and everybody's pitching in to help somebody or everybody's pitching in to buy somebody and there's a not generous person, but they're stuck having to act generous. You ever have to watch that? And, and they struggle and they're, they get out their wallet and they're like, uh, well, and they start to explain away, well, if you help them, they'll just be, they'll become sorry. What happened? Well, we might need this for a, a poor person later. <laughs> and it's tough on them. And you watch them, they're not generous, but they're caught and they have to act generous. Here's what the verse says. What you are, how, what your heart is made up of, it's going to show up in your action, your words, and the content of your life. As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects man. I'm going to stop right there tonight. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we come and we're thankful for your word. I pray that we would be aware this is your word. These are your teachings. They're not insignificant. Uh, you tell us this is how to best live, to bring honor to you, how to best live to be blessed in your truth and in your wisdom. And so I pray we wouldn't hear these things and think they're trivial things, but I pray that we would take them to heart. And I pray that we would, we would be generous and gracious and kind and that you would create in us a new heart if that's not our heart. I pray that we would work and go the extra mile. We would be a blessing to those that we serve and those that, that, that we can help. I pray that that would show up and again, it'll be a reflection of you. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be fraudulent. We wouldn't be fake. And so I pray from the youngest kid here tonight to the oldest adult that we would be shaped by the truth of your words. Now, I'm thankful that you cared enough and you saw fit to teach us these things. Lord, help us walk in obedience. Lord, we come and as I think about the, the entirety of this day, we truly are living in short days. We truly are living in a time that is wicked and vile and empty of godly wisdom. Most of all, empty of God's truth. And I pray, Lord, that we'd be agents of that truth. I pray as we go into a new week that we'll be ambassadors of that truth. And I pray that a lost and hurting and dying world would see and more importantly hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for those that are sick, those that are ill, those that are ailing. I, I know that you're the great physician. I know that you're faithful and trustworthy in all things. We trust them to you. I pray as we go into a week that we're not sure what it'll hold. I pray that our responses will be quick to point to you. I pray for homes here tonight and for families here tonight, for kids, for grandkids. We pray for our church family. Lord, bless it. Stand at the center of it and use it. And then we just tell you, we're thankful. We're thankful that you're gracious. 
And we're thankful that you're kind. We're thankful the character of your heart has shown up in your word and in your deeds and that we can trust that. Lord, we just end tonight by saying we bless you, we praise you, we worship you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.